Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for just being a part of our lives. Thank you for leading us, God. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit, God. Thank you, God, for just listening to us and tuning your ears to hear our supplications, our requests to you each and every day of our lives, God. Thank you for being trustworthy, God. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for maintaining your integrity in our lives, God. Thank you so much, God. Thank you for going ahead of us in whatever the day holds. Thank you for going with us in whatever the day holds, God. Thank you for just being you in our life. Thank you for your double portion of love, mercy, and grace, God. Thank you for being there when we need you, God. Thank you for being there when we can't even see you, God. Thank you for everything that you have done for us, even the things that we don't even know that you have done on our behalf. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord God. And so I ask that you just lead me in this discussion, God, that you uh, allow me to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just filling me up and just leading me and guiding me in the path of righteousness and letting me be able to hear your voice, God. Thank you so much, Lord God. Allow us to be sensitive to your voice, God, at all times, no matter where we are, no matter who we're speaking to, no matter what we're doing, God. Let us be sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your direction, sensitive to the inspiration that you give us, sensitive to the encouragement, the motivation, the confidence that you give us, God. Let us be sensitive to the interest that you influence us to have, God. Let us be sensitive to the desires that you plant in our heart and water in us, God. Let us be sensitive to your word for every single thing, for every single sensitive thing that you planted in on us, God. Every single thing in your word, let us be sensitive to it, God. So that we may be obedient to you so that we can follow you god and that we can live a life of abundance god and i'm talking about spiritual abundance lord god thank you god for being you thank you god for being mighty thank you god for your promises thank you god for listening thank you for caring god thank you for pouring out your spirit upon us thank you for just blessing us god thank you for allowing us to see things through your eyes and not our own and so hear through your ears thank you god for letting us see things from your perspective god thank you god for just being there god thank you god for your mercy thank you for your comfort god when we need you you there thank you for loving on us god thank you for sheltering us thank you for being a provider god thank you for opening up doors that no man can close god thank you for opening up doors of opportunity lord Thank you for closing the doors that we don't need to be a part of anymore, God. God, thank you for peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for just being you, God. Thank you for our families. Thank you for the love that you continue to pour out on us through your grace, God. Thank you for grace. God, thank you, God, for being you, God. Thank you for listening so much, God, to every single cry, every single talk that we have with you. Every time we speak to you, God, thank you for listening, God. 
It's all about you tuning your ears to hear our voice. Even when we mess up, God, you still turn your face to us. You turn and look upon us and you talk to us and you continue to direct us, God. Thank you, God, for doing that. Thank you, Lord, that we are who you say that we are. Thank you, God. Thank you that we are more than conquerors, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you, God, that we are a city on a hill of the light, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Thank you that we are the salt of the world, that we are the light of the world, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for ordering our steps, God. I pr we pray that every single thought, every word that we think, every, every step that we take, God, let it be ordered by you, God. Let us have let us have desire to follow you, God. Thank you, God, for being you. God, thank you so much. I just appreciate God. I appreciate you today, Lord. Thank you, God. So, um, please, God, allow your will to be done. Do not let me forget anything that I need to talk about today, Lord. And just please let your will be done, not mine. In Jesus' name, because I could I could keep going on and on and on. Um, but God, I just want will to be done in the name of jesus christ it is sealed in your atonement blood amen so um thank you all so much for joining me today on laws life and health let's talk about it today i am going to continue in this discussion about women's health all right um so when it comes to prayer i love praise and worshiping god because there is power in the praise okay god acknowledges praise through your adversity so whatever you're experiencing in your life just know that you're not staying there you only going through it you're not staying in it it can't rain forever it can't storm forever it cannot be a thunderstorm forever it cannot be a tsunami forever there cannot be a hurricane forever nothing in this world will last forever but through god he gives us eternal life okay so i'm i'm happy about that um so it looks like somebody cursing me out on the podcast today but it's okay you know i just pray god that you help nikita that you help her do what she needs to do in her life and heal her in the name of jesus christ or whoever that person was that wrote the this obscene language on the zoom god i just pray that you just you know heal them in jesus name amen all right so what's so good about today is that today we get another chance we get to serve god we get to praise and worship him we get to just have god involved in our life so i want to um get back into talking about women's health so women's health is so important and i if i have talked to any person in the world about women's health it's my daughter i tell you that much okay we have talked about women's health to the point where we've exhausted every theory on women's health about everything because i just think that as a woman we have to make sure that we're taking care of our bodies right um so i'm i'm almost 40 years old and i literally i drink a lot of water okay and the reason why i drink so much water is because water is just good for your body when i was drinking alcohol 
I was drinking alcohol for about like three years on and off. Um, and sometimes I would binge drink, right? And when I did that, it was just a lot. So I had to drink a lot of water, okay? And I always have taken care of my health. So I would go to the doctor and make sure that my my kidneys and my liver and everything is fine. And um, it, it was, it was good. But one thing that I do know, okay, is that it is so important to make sure that you as a woman, you need to take care of yourself. You can't take care of anyone else if you are not taking care of yourself. Your mental health is important. Your physical health is important. You want to make sure that you always are always maintaining your health. God wants us to be healthy. God wants us to be mentally healthy, physically healthy. And he just doesn't want us to just be healthy because it isn't just for our benefit. God wants other people to be healthy. So everything that we do, we are supposed to be influencing the people that are around us, the people that we know. And so what that means is that the knowledge that you have, it should not just be contained, right? Um, so I didn't even know I was going to get into this scripture today, but I, I guess I'm about to go there. Let me go ahead and share my screen because I already, I actually did have a bunch of scriptures up here today um, that I wanted to go over, but I don't think I'm going to do that right now. I'm, I want to go into this um, scripture. All right. So if you all can turn to your Bibles to... Um, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Okay. All right. So it says, you are the light of the world. All right. So since we are children of God, we are the light of the world, which means that we should not be containing the light that God has put inside of us. So the Holy Spirit gives us light the holy spirit gives us truth the holy spirit allows us to have a direct connection with god god is omnipresent god knows everything because he's gifted us with the holy spirit so we are you are the light of the world so we all are the light of the world if and when you allow the light to shine in you. So if you, if you are the light, the light can't be hidden. You can't be hiding in the, the light that's in you because what's in you is going to come out of you, right? So that's just simple as that. What's in is going to come out. So verse 14, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. All right. So there used to be a lot of different towns that African-Americans, they actually had built. They built um, these little small communities where it was only African-Americans. And in those small communities, um, now they had, well, actually what they did was they had doctors, they had lawyers, they had veterinarians, they had nurses, they had teachers. They just had their own community of African-American people. And so, um, well, I just had actually saw a video of this too recently.
but I didn't look at the whole video. I had already was reading about this some uh, some years ago. Um, so that's so black communities that was only built by blacks. Um, hold on a second. Let me search this. Now rivers plus. I have to put the plus sign with parentheses here. I have to be very specific the way I'm searching this. Okay. Okay, I don't see it. Let me just try to search for it this way. Okay, so this this talks about five. Okay, this one talks about five different towns, right? And so there are five Black American towns hidden under lakes and ultimately from history books. And so this is an article that was uh, written on by Parker uh diakite july 8th of 2021 and so um in oscarville georgia right there was a that this lake is called lake lanier um it is a popular weekend destination known for fishing boating and uh, many other things right and so um it says that there are a lot of tourists that you know go to capture the moment of the landmark that's there um but unfortunately many of the locals that are there the people that that reside there um that they are not just tourists they have i'm i'm trying to read the whole article but it keeps skipping sections here it says um why is it showing that let me read the full oh let me read this full article So basically what is happening is in these towns that were, were, were that were built by African Americans, they were torn down. And now they are there are rivers in place of that there. So they are no longer these African American communities. They are just little small towns. And so I'm bringing that up because in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. So even though this, this scripture brought that to my remembrance, because I'm, I'm just thinking about how I was um, looking at a video about these small communities that were just filled with African-Americans and the African-Americans had their own little city. And basically everyone else within those surrounding communities everywhere knew of these African-American small towns. And so um, in verse 15, it says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So although these individuals, you know, were they was kind of like separated from the rest of society, um, the it's just an African-American community that was comprised of teachers, doctors, lawyers, different 
individuals with so many different careers and basically they they had their own banking system and so i guess it was like a really nice place and so i it was tore they were they were attacked it was torn down and now many of those communities are now rivers and so it isn't talked about in history class or anything like that um but you have to go on a more in-depth search in order to be able to understand and um, to be able to reflect on what was going on in those communities. But re reverting back to this. So when you think about a town built on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Those little small communities of African-Americans, th those towns couldn't be hidden. So I, I want to reflect. I want to kind of divert um negative reflection and turn it into like a positive reflection and so when you think about how all of these african-american small communities that were thriving they were noticed by everybody okay they were noticed by every single town um and so that's the reason why they were attacked because they were noticed they were influencing others other communities right because they were thriving and with them being able to thrive they were just doing really good and so um i have to remove this person all right so by them being able to thrive they have they were influencing everybody around them everyone around them were being influenced so you that's kind of like similar to what this script what this scripture is saying matthew 5 14 and 16 you are the light of the world right so no matter where you go your light is going to shine you a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden these towns they were like commemorable because of the fact that they were able to thrive in their own little community without any, pretty much any outside help. And although many of these towns are now rivers, um, just think about where you are today. Think about how far you've come in life. Think about how you are the light of the world, how you are the light of the, in the lives of the, all of the people that you are around. Think about how you are a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. You have to think about those things. So in verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, right? So instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So although some people, um, they might not be, you know, commemorating you, but some people... They, they will when they are filled with the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to feel like you are not doing enough. You don't have to feel like you're um, not good enough. You don't have to feel like, oh, well, you know, you, you, you could have done better than this or you could have done this or you should have made this choice or this decision. Let me explain something to you. You are the light of the world. So what the choices that people make in this world, that's just what they make. You have no control over another person's choice. You have no control 
over their decisions. You have no control over their choices. You have to accept that. Accept the fact that people are going to do things because it's their free will, their choice. You are just, uh, your position is that you are the light of the world. So you can continue to influence people in a positive way. You can provide them with information. You can provide them with the word of God. You can provide them with help. You can provide them with the services that they need to thrive. You can provide them. But they are going to make the choice themselves. And so that's something that really, really resonated with me. Like, I knew this from the time when I was a teenager. That people are going to make their own choices. There's nothing that you could do about that. But what you can do is if, you know, when you are having, you have unconditional love with people, you're going to work with them. You're going to pray with them. You're going to still encourage them. Even when they're making they, the choices that they're making. You still be there to encourage them to make better choices. You still be there to encourage them to do things that are not going to be detrimental to their future. You still want to be able to encourage them to do those things. So, in um, verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so sometimes some people will point out all of the bad things that you do, right? But when you are a child of God, they can't help but to see the goodness in you. So it's like, I really like, for me, I guess I never really care about what people think. Um, but what is really so important is I've had people criticize every single every single thing that i have done to the point where i could be walking in front of somebody and they say oh well why why are you walking like that why are you walking and wait a minute like i get critiqued on everything <laughs> and when i tell you critiqued i do get critiqued all right and it's like scrutiny scrutiny now now that's something that you could just get accustomed to you need to get accustomed to scrutinizing, um, get accustomed to uh, people, you know, judging you. Get a, a, You get accustomed to those things. That's a part of the persecution, right? But when you're looking at persecution in a way where you're looking at it like it's so bad, it is bad, but really it, it kind of like it builds you up in a way where you're strong. So, like, for me, whatever you say to me, it, it you can't get to me. Like, if I go through a problem, let me, okay, let me, let me give some examples here. I want to explain what real persecution is so that that way you all can understand um, that persecution should be viewed as opportunity. Not as, I guess, as failure or as defeat um persecution is opportunity i'm gonna say it again persecution is opportunity 
Well, let me explain. Here's why persecution is opportunity. So when you go through all of these bad experiences, for instance, I, I have so many things that I would like to say, um, but I want to make sure that I'm cautious because I don't want to say the wrong thing in a way where it's like, okay, that now that situation was horrific. I, <laughs> I have so many different stories and um, I just want to make sure that I'm giving out the right one today. So let's say let's say this. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, church. All right, that's what I'm gonna say. Let's talk about church. So my church that is in Chicago, which is Apostolic Pentecostal Church of Christ. When I first went to this church, I went to this church in 2017 i believe it was 2017 or 2018 is one no i actually did go it was 2017 i became a member in 2018. let me explain so i when i went to the church i was very uncomfortable now when you think about going to church you're gonna be like well, you mean to tell me you never been to like a predominantly black church? I have never went to a predominantly black church. I had never been to a predominantly black church. And so most of the churches that I've been to is um like non-denomination or Pentecostal. Uh I really don't care about the denomination. What I care about is 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 the church driven by the word of God. And so um, when you're speaking the word of God out of the Holy Bible, okay, I'm not talking about no Catholic church. I'm not Catholic. All right. So um, I'm talking about going to a church where it is only speaking the Holy Bible. It's specifically biblical literature, biblical scriptures. This is like the best of the best of the best. That's what I like listening to. Um, I don't need a motivational speaker. I'm a motivational speaker if I want to be. God is my motivational speaker. So I know how to get encouraged and inspired. I don't need to go to church to hear a motivational speaker. I go to church to, to hear the perspective of the Holy Spirit from a different uh, person. How the Holy Spirit is working through this person. How the Holy Spirit. So I don't going to church is a way for me to connect spiritually and for me to understand the word of God from a different lens. So like some people may be at a level of understanding the word of God, like an infant where they still need milk. They not ready to, you know, be teeth. They not ready to teach the word. So God don't want us to be still on milk. So some people you may, may talk to and they still like understanding the word of God from like an elementary school level or they still understanding the word of God like from a kindergarten level and then you have mature or mature um spiritually inclined individuals who are now at like the higher higher education level when it comes to the word of God and so what I mean is they are more of um at a enhanced they have more uh, enhanced theological perspectives, meaning like they study scripture in depth. And so 
you know, the word of God is speaking to them differently. And so I am not trying to belittle anyone by saying that what I am specifically pointing out, once again, I am specifically placing emphasis on the fact that we are all interpreting the word of God differently, but it is in a succinct way because guess what? We are children of God, a part of the body of Christ. So when I go to church and I hear people speak, I am listening for the different perspectives of the word of God. And, and it, it may, it's a, so amazing when you can hear a person explain the word of God, like the same scripture that you read, but the level is so higher. It's like, oh, God is talking to me. God is talking directly to me. Okay, I know it's a lot of people in the church, but God is speaking directly to me through this pastor, through this person that is talking right now. All right. Or through sometimes the word of God, God will speak to you through the through the uh uh choir. Like, wow, God, that word just woo! I just felt that, you know. So it's like, um, now the choir is talking directly to me. You know, <laughs> it's like God, God is speaking his word directly to me. So let me give you an example of that. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the full detail about how I um started going to the church in Chicago. So one time I went to church and then I, I quit. Uh this is when I had quit smoking. And then um I went to church and so God was telling me like I need you to do this and I also I need you to do this. And so it was like quit smoking and I did, right? And now I need to work on my attitude, right? And so I worked on that. And so now I'm thinking like, okay, I'm doing, I'm improving. And so I go to church and they were singing in the choir and she said, God requires more of you. He requires more of you. I was like, woo, God, God want me to do more. After I just, okay, I just committed to the podcast, dedicated that to God. So I will be dedicating this time directly to um, just speaking the word of God, you know. Um, and so this is something that I'm doing because this is what God is inspiring me to do. I know that he's training me. God is training me right now, right? And so um, this is so important. I'm thinking like, okay, this is every day. Because at first I was going seven days a week. And that was kind of like, woo! You know, some of my hardworking friends that I know, um, well, a couple of them are Muslim. And they actually work seven days a week. And um, I know that God wants us to rest on the seventh, the Sabbath day. Uh, but God really wants us to praise and worship him every single day. So if you were to worship God on the Sabbath, God is not going to tell you to stop worshiping him because it's the Sabbath. So it's not contradicting the word of God at all. We should be praising and worshiping God every single day of our lives. Right. And yes, we should, we should rest 
Um, but you have to understand many other things. We are still not under subjection or under the old law because Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid the debt that was, you know, that was due for us. So now we are indebted to Christ. We owe God, you know, we need to be giving more to God than what we're giving. So, um, basically that's what happened. I went to church and so the she said god requires more of you god requires more of you so i say okay now now my heart is like oh god is god is doing something to me because god wants more so i in what ways can i provide more in what ways can I give more? That's what I wanted to know. So I went back home and I, I just was like, God, I want to do more, more and more and more. And so then I started praying on Fridays, doing early in the morning prayer, um, intercessor prayer. And so I do want to do more and more and more and more. So wherever God wants me to go, I'm going to go. However he want me to go is see, I say yes to God. Yes to wherever he want me to go. Yes to however he want me to go. Yes to whenever. Yes to whoever. Yes, however. Yes to God. It's yes for me. Okay. So that, so that's what happened. Now, so when I go to church, I feel like the pastor, the, the choir is speaking to me. I just feel like. Oh, God, just God is so good in my life. Right. And so church is awesome place to learn more about God and a nice place to learn how to improve a great place to, to just learn how to, you know, have more discipline, how church teaches you discipline. It also it gives you discipline, you know. Um, because now you're going on a consistent basis. And now, now when you see someone in need, you, you are obligated. Like I feel obligated to help people. If I have money and I see someone out there with a sign, it's no way I, I can't get, I have to get them something to eat. I, there is an obligation. I'm obligated to do that. So it's just the benevolence that God has given me. So. When I went to this church in 2017, I was uncomfortable. Honestly, I was. I was so uncomfortable because, you know, they were like, I thought it was a fashion show at first. Like, oh, well, I'm wearing pants. And everybody else got on dresses and skirts and hats and purses. They're at, I'm, I'm coming here with pants on. It's like, mm, it's awkward. And so God, God, um, God used the pastor. And one day I went to the church because God told me to keep going to the church. I kept going to this church and I'm the only one coming in church with pants on and the only woman with pants. That's what I felt. And so the pastor, he come and, and he says, his pastor, Bill Ellis, he say, you're not going to go to hell just because you're wearing pants. No one goes to hell for wearing pants to church. 
I promise that's exactly his exact words. Those were his exact words. You're not going to hell because you wear pants to church. So I'm like, okay, God, I see you. You, you, you just really want me to stay at this church. And I, I'm not used to this. <laughs> I'm not, I, I just want to come to church and just, you know, dress the way, you know, comfortable and just, you know, put on my little slacks and some shoes and just sit back and hear the word of God. Cause that's, that's what I'm, I was used to, but it wasn't like that going there. I mean, they have like a real band and it was like real music and it was like, ah, yeah. So like all the churches I went to, they have real bands and they have real music too. But this is just like when I see people moving around and they just like the way I dance at home and in private, that's how they dance in front of everybody. Like I would normally when I'm at home, I jump all the way up to the ceiling. I just be getting my gospel music on. I be working out, listening to my gospel music. I just be doing everything while I'm doing my praise and worship. So this was so important, right? This was so important to me to make sure that I'm embedded with the right church. And so God said, I want you to go back. And every time I went, I want you to go back. I say, God, I'm uncomfortable. I don't. God said, I don't care about that. I want you to go back. And so I went back, and I was just like, God, this is a fashion show. I God, God said, go back. And then that's when the pastor was saying certain things that when he said, well, it doesn't matter about the way you look. Uh, it doesn't matter about this. Praise God, right where you are. You know, like he just. And then he come and, and he's standing up there and. And, and so now I'm comfortable. Now I started getting comfortable. And so I guess it was a combination too that I really didn't care about what people thought. And also with God leading me into the church and telling me this is the church that you're going to go to. So now, now understand this is something else that God did. While I was going to this church, listen to this. My son was going to a charter school in Chicago, right? And in this charter school, his teacher actually goes to the church. Okay. So I see his teacher at the church. So now, now I'm like, okay. And his teacher is a cool teacher. And I like, he, he actually really likes my son. And, um, so I'm like, this, this good. Like, you know, that's just more of a confirmation for me to go and stay at the church so all right that wasn't just that there so now i found out that my mom's one of her best friends she moved far away right and she lives about like a couple hours away and so that was her church and she's such a nice lady and I've been knowing her pretty much my whole life, but I, you know, not like, like that. She's not like a family member, even though we consider her like family, she's not like family bad blood, but that's one of my mom's, her best friend. So it's not like I like know her business or anything like that. I just see her and, and I respect her like a family member. She has been going to the church for 30 years. 
She say, oh, this, this, you gonna love the church. Cause I, when I found out, my mama say, you know, you know, my friend, she goes there. She was going to that church for 30 years. And I did not know that she was. I did not. That was another confirmation. So let me explain this. God will give you confirmation when it's time for you to do something. So listen, I'm not done. So I go and I'm now attending this church. It took me a whole year to join the church. So I started, excuse me, I started the going to the church in 2017. And then I became a member of 2018. That was a year later. Okay. It took me so long because I had to get acclimated and then I, then I got comfortable. Now, I only actually talked to like a couple of people. Um... Cause like I said, when I go there, I hear the word of God. And when I do talk to people like, uh, his wife, uh, pastor Ellis wife, miss, uh, pastor Colleen Ellis, sh she say, come downstairs and come to, they had like a, a banquet or something like that, like a food thing that where well, they were serving food. And, um, I went down there and it was, it was really nice. And I was able to, you know, congregate with them and stuff. So my point is this, sometimes God will allow you to do things that is uncomfortable for you. So it is preparing you for what's to come. So just go with the process. I just let it flow. And so that allows us to be the light of the world. We are the light of the world because you can still do things even when you feel like, uh-uh, see, this is not something that I'm comfortable with doing. These people up in here staring at me. I don't really care if they stand, but that's rude. I don't know if I want to go to no fashion show. I'm not trying to go to a fashion show. I just want to go to the church. And I love going to that church. I've been a member there. And I've been a member there since 2018. And so I, I like it. And um, Pastor Bill Ellis and his wife, are they are very nice, good people. And so they are very inspired by the word of God. So, you know, you when you go to the church, you want to make sure that you're going somewhere where it's Bible driven. Okay. Thank you. Uh -huh. I, I see you say, thank you. This is amazing. How often do you do this? So this podcast is done every single day except for Wednesdays and Saturdays. Okay. And it's at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, so we have that a town, a town built on the hill cannot be hidden. So you cannot be hidden. It doesn't matter about what you're going through in your life. Like going to a place for me, going to a church that was uncomfortable. God wanted me to be there. It's not about you. Remember that it's not about us. It's never about us. God does everything. God allows everything to happen. Okay? So nothing is by coincidence. That's what the, the pastor said. Nothing is by coincidence. Nothing is by coincidence. So persecution is an opportunity. When you feel like... See, I didn't feel the persecution. I didn't... I don't feel that... I feel like, okay, well, if you have a problem with me, I look at it as an opportunity to talk to you. 
So let's let's take this opportunity and identify what the issue is. How do you want to resolve it? You know, um, I look at failure as an opportunity, not a sign of defeat. So persecution is opportunity. So just going through one experience at the church, that doesn't do anything to me. I'm not impacted by that. I'm not impacted by, um, you know, bad things that much. I've been through way more worse things that that um, requires a high tolerance of uh, pain and emotional pain. So I've overcome a lot of different things in my life. So some things that you may go through, you may say to yourself like, oh, like this is so much. And, and you may have went through a lot and you may say, oh, this is so little. Uh, well, I don't need to share that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to share that. I don't want to share my story. It's it's so small. It is, but it's not. Your story isn't small because God has gifted you. You all, every person has their own fingerprints. That means that God has gifted you with some special gift. You are identifiable. Your hairs are numbered on your head. You have your own set of fingerprints. You know how powerful you are? You have to see yourself the way that God sees you. So you're mighty. God has made you strong. And so no matter what the persecution level is, if it's if that is small, like you may get offended at church. See, it's not about me getting offended at church. I don't, I can't get offended. But when it comes to my when it comes to my children, it's so it's important for my children to be able to go to a church where they are thriving. My kids need to thrive. If I'm thriving, my kids need to thrive. That means that they need to be experiencing and hearing the word of God where the seeds are getting planted in their life. The word of God is getting planted in their life. But that starts at home. It always going to start at home. Recording in progress. So I don't know what happened to the... um podcast but i guess it restarted i apologize i'm not sure what happened to the podcast link it restarted somehow and so um let me share my screen again let me share the sound and so sometimes it does that when i am um I don't know when the internet or something is happening when it's trying to connect. So what I want to say to you all is this, regardless of whatever you're going through or regardless of whatever you've experienced, you have to look at persecution, whether it be small, intermediately high or high, you have to look at persecution as a way of opportunity. So my son, for instance, my son, he was upset with me. He was um, because he felt like I wasn't being that supportive in a certain area of his life. And I say, well, how can that be? You know, I am supporting you. 
But now my son, you know, he has a family now and I want to support him the best way that I can. So my son, well, he's 17. And so he was, he was driving in the Audi truck and with him driving in that truck, he didn't, he didn't like the Audi truck. He doesn't even like driving in that type of car. He doesn't even want a truck anymore. He just wants a car, a regular basic car. Um, so I've been riding in those type of cars for so long that he doesn't like them. And so I had to sell it because I don't want it. And um, so now he has, I got him a different type of car. And so now this is a smaller size, like, but it's, it's a nice car. It's something that he likes driving. So we have to, as a parent, I can't say, okay, well, this is, I want you to drive. You're not going to ride in the Audi. I want you to ride in a Chevy Equinox. That is so nice for you. But if he says, Ma, I don't want to ride in a big truck, I have to respect it. Because guess what? My son is still doing good in school. Guess what? He's going to be graduating early. Hold on a second, please. you so he is going to be graduating early and with him graduating early this is good news this is good news and i am happy that my son is going in the right direction you know there are a lot of other things that could have taken place but with the spirit of god I know that I can trust the Holy Spirit. I know that I can depend on God. I know that I can have everything that I need with God. And so guess what? I trust God with my kids. I trust the process. So we have to trust God and understand that, yes, you are the light of the world. So if God wants you to go to a place where you uncomfortable, you need to go to that place where you're uncomfortable. All right? It, uh, you are a, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. You, you have to go. Go, go, go. And see where God wants to lead you. And you have to listen. It doesn't matter where it is. I go to some places. My pastor, when I was, I think I was 19 years old pastor this was the assistant pastor he said god is going to use you to go places that no man would dare to go or even think to go and god will use you to snatch them back into his kingdom that was prophesied over me when i was 19 years old and so i just want to make sure that everybody understands that you are the light of the world a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house so regardless of whatever whatever you are experiencing in your life right where you feel underappreciated don't look for validation from people you have to get your validation from god okay 
People are going to fail themselves. So don't let them fail you. All right. So don't put too much. Don't, don't, don't put validation with people. Let your validation come directly from the source of God so that that way it will allow you to have confidence. If somebody failed themselves, how much more do you think that they will fail you? Right? So don't, don't let them fail you. Just depend on, on God. Let your hope lie in God. Keep your faith in God. All right? And so when people see your light, they're going to talk about it anyway. They're going to talk about the bad stuff. They're going to talk about the mediocre. They're going to talk about the good things that they see. They're going to talk about the negative things. They're going to talk about it all. So just let your light shine, right? Because you are the light of the world. You are a town on a hill that cannot be hidden. Everybody going to know about you. Your name will be ringing everywhere. Everywhere. Because the Holy Spirit is popular. The Holy Spirit is popular, right? So I want to go to this other scripture. Um, First Peter 2 and 6. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame that cornerstone is jesus that the one that is chosen is jesus christ all right so and the, the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame we will never be put to shame share your testimonies don't be ashamed of your testimony you can never say the the way how God delivers you from something you need to be ashamed of. Don't be ashamed of anything that God has delivered you. I am not ashamed of anything that God has delivered me from. Because guess what? It gives glory to God. So make sure that whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing is to glorify God. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 through 5. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear. But that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. So what God is saying for us to do is not judge not judge so don't don't be don't be disappointed you know just don't let people disappoint you if you set expectations for another person to meet 
I believe that that's in contradiction to what, what the word of God says. When you expect a person to meet you at a certain level and they fail you, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. You will get disappointed in setting your expectations in other people. So just understand that we all are going to fail. That's the way that I look at it. I don't look at it like, okay, I expected you to do this. Why didn't you do it? No, 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 no. That would be in contradiction. They, we all going to fail, right? And God is going to deliver us. So um, th that's why I said all have fallen short of the glory of God. All, not some, not a little bit, not tiny. All have fallen short of the glory of God. So you have to understand that. So when you're placing these expectations on people, you have to expect that they're going to fail. So I expect, I expect others to fail. I do. I expect that carnal minded people will fail. I expect you know, uh, and people that are without the Holy Spirit, they will fail. The only thing that allows us to win is the goodness of God. The goodness of God inside of us. Because, see, you have to understand, I already went over this scripture. Even, even evil people know how to, how to do good things for their children. So when a, a evil person love, that is God that's trying to influence them. Cause evil don't know how to love. So if an evil person love, that is God trying to plant a seed in them through that experience. So our experiences allows us to be shaped by them. And we are shaped by these experiences to understand, okay, is this good or bad? See, you have an experience that's good, you have an experience that's bad. But when you are a bad person and you love, where does that come from? How do, how do evil people know how to love? That's because those are lukewarm people. The Bible talks about being lukewarm in the book of Revelation. So when you're lukewarm, it's like, okay, 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 wait, wait. You're evil on this side, then you're good right here. You don't know which one you want to be. That's lukewarm. It's like in where in the in the ocean where uh clear water meets salt water, it's like a rush. It's a constant clash of the waters. In the ocean, from clear water to salt water, and and I I don't remember specifically where, but it's in the ocean where that where, where salt water meets clear clear water, and it's just a constant clash of water. It's lukewarm, like being lukewarm. It just it try to visualize that. Let Let's see if I can pull up a video of it.
Let's see if it's a video. There is a video though of it. Here you go, right here. Fresh water meets salt water. 22 second video. See that? Now this this side is salt water. The right side looks like salt water. Yeah, look at the difference in the water here. This is in our ocean. See that? Let's let's play it again. It's only 22 seconds. Look at it. In some parts, it's so like shh, like the water is just clashing. That is that looks so different. And that's how you can visualize lukewarm people. And so you can't be this way and then that way, right? So God allows lukewarm people or evil people that are governed by evil, right? Because we are all people, but we are just governed by something. Like I'm governed by the Holy Spirit because I submit my will to the Holy Spirit of God. So when you're governed by something, you're going to be following in that experience. So if you are influenced by evil, if you're having a kernel mind, when you love, that is God allowing you to go through an experience to plant a seed in your heart. When you love, when you care, when you're kind, when you're nice, when you have long suffering, when you overcome, God is allowing you to go through those experiences in your life to reshape what has been broken and shattered in your life. So God wants to reshape you. He wants to reshape your heart from the things that has been broken and shattered. And so in order for God to be able to do that, you have to invite and allow the Holy Spirit to come in. See, God needs you to be willing and, and, and voluntarily choose to change. So he gonna allow you to go through these experiences with this person, with that person, with this person, with that person. You may have an experience with a good person. Then you may have an experience with a bad person. It's because of your will to allow these experiences to reshape your life, to shape your thinking. So you are going to be transformed either by renewing your mind or you're going to be transformed by allowing your mind to be contaminated. So you're going to have a contaminated mind or a transformed mind. And your mind is contaminated or your mind is or your mind is transformed by your experiences. By what has been planted in your heart through the words, the actions of other people, either direct or indirect experiences. And so you are going to either be able to trust God 
or you're not. So you don't need to judge nobody. You, I expect carnal-minded people to fail. I expect all of us are going to fail at some point. We have to fail in order to experience persecution. But persecution is going to lead to long suffering. So let's let's look at this really quick. So go to Romans 5 and 4. Actually, I want to just look at the whole chapter here. Romans 5. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. So understand that although me and my son, we wasn't getting along about a certain thing, right? We have to understand that god does not allow coincidences so i'm not persecuting anyone he's not persecuting me it's just that we're not seen from the same vision we not have we didn't have the same vision my son has other things going on in his life. I have things going on in my life. I have to be able to be a mom that's very supportive of my child. And that's what I am. It isn't just one child. It's all of my kids. I want to be supportive of all of them. But like, for instance, when it comes to my daughter, I don't put too much pressure on my daughter when it comes to her career goals. My daughter will accomplish one certificate after another certificate then she go get in another trade after another trade and now you know she just is she's constantly constantly growing she's constantly learning new things so i know that i have to make sure that i am supporting her and not trying to tell her what to do because guess what god is over their life god is going to direct their path the holy spirit is influencing their hearts they're making choices as emerging adults so the holy spirit god is pouring out his spirit on this world god is literally pouring out himself god say look look there God, this is what the, this is what the Lord told me. He said, "I want this is what I want you to say." And listen, God said that some people are going to get upset about what you're saying. I am using you to get through to them. God is not just using me; He's using multiple people 
in your life to get through to you. How long do God have to wait on you? I'm going to say it again. How long do God have to wait on you? How long must God wait for you? How long? He's intervening on your behalf in every direction. How long do God have to wait on you? So we see here that in Romans 5, in verse 3, now I'm going to say verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. God has given us access to have grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So we can boast about God. We could boast about the glory of God. In verse three, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. So look at a suffering as being an opportunity. Yeah, you probably got a divorce from that man because of infidelity. But guess what? God didn't want you going through emotional pain. God didn't want you to be abused. God has a husband that is directly meant for you to be with. But since you chose that other husband and, and God wasn't in the picture, see, you didn't involve God in that decision. You just made that decision. So God allows y'all to separate. So you look at that. Don't look at it as suffering because you had this emotional bond to that man. Don't look at it as, you know, something that, that you hurt so hurt about. You look at it as an opportunity for God to bring the person and the man in your life that you need. See, because it says that when, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and receives blessings from the Lord. When a man finds a wife, not when a woman finds no wife, well, no man. It say when a man finds a wife. So you have to understand that God don't want you to get beat up upside the top of your head. He don't want you going through that just because you feel connected to a person that don't know how to respect you. God don't want you going through unnecessary experiences. That is going to be detrimental to your mental health and your physical health. So you may be looking at like, oh, you separated. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at that suffering that you went through and look at it as an opportunity for God to come in and intervene on your behalf. You might be looking at, oh, you didn't lost your job. You've been on this job for 10 years. They don't care about you. You've been on a job 20 years. They ain't care nothing about your retirement. They didn't did you wrong when you needed them the most. Don't look at it like suffering because you didn't left the job and you ain't get the retirement or you didn't left the job and now you're not making as much. No, 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 no. Look at it like a way of opportunity. Maybe you went to another job. You getting paid lower, but you're going to be recognized for your skills and get promoted at a higher level. Trust God.
get promoted elsewhere. You have to understand that everything is, is to glorify God. Yeah, you lost lost the job, but you went to another job that was paying lower than your last job. But now guess what? God has allowed you to be recognized for your skills and your abilities. And now you're promoted to what your last manager was, the one that fires you. Now you're at, at a higher pay rate than those managers. So you have to understand that it isn't suffering. It's opportunity. When people fail, it gives them an opportunity to do better. If I fail, that means I can do better. So where did I mess up at? Tell me. Tell me where did I go wrong? It's all about learning. How are you perceiving life? How are you perceiving this walk with Christ? You know, learning should be something that you always want to be. You want to be coachable. Let God coach you. Let God teach you. Let God train you. Suffering produces perseverance. Because suffering is not defeat. It's opportunity. I went through this experience. I learned this from that experience. This is what happened to glorify God from that experience. This is how God allowed me to get over that. Do I have any urge to drink? Absolutely not. Do I have any urge to smoke? Absolutely not. God uprooted it out of me. I don't have no urge, no desire at all. So, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So do suffering, you're going to get your end results is going to give you hope. You're going to get perseverance and character out of that. And hope does not put us to shame. That is another scripture that talks about not being put into shame. First Peter 2 and 6. For in the scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. I have people tell me all the time, you nonchalant. How, what, what are you talking about? I'm just not ashamed at what I've been through. What do I have to be ashamed about? God delivered me. God delivered me from that marriage, right? God delivered me. So you have to understand that God will not put you to shame. You don't not, you will not be put to shame. So don't be concerned about it. It's, it's, you don't have to be ashamed about it. All right. So I want to go to um, the blog here. Now. Okay, I talked about that. So here, uh, okay, let's see. I'm trying to see. So in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 through 11, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
see, this is Paul talking about himself. He's going to boast about his weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on him. So the more you talk about the need, the more you need, the more God can give. Uh, verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So if I get a problem after another problem and another problem and another problem, I may have five different emails that was all bad news. And then now I have to hear with family and friends more bad news. And then I still have to do my podcast because this is something that I dedicated to the Lord to do. So regardless of what my experiences are, guess what? It is to glorify God. If it's one bad thing after another thing and another and another and another and another one, it doesn't matter about it. Because guess what? Your hardship allows God to be made strong in your weakness. So you're not weak. You're strong. So marijuana substance use alcohol participation in gossip slander feet that run to do evil and other acts of the flesh will cause a person to grieve the holy spirit how can the holy spirit work in you if you're doing all of the things that's in the sowings of the holy spirit that is you know deterring deterrence from what the holy spirit expects you to do the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I don't want you to be hostile. I don't want you to be, you know, dismissed. I don't want you to be destructive. I don't want you to be prejudicial. I don't want you to be racist. I don't want you to be dangerous. I don't want you to be risky, right? I don't want you to be evil. I don't want you to be conflicting. I don't I want you. I don't want you doing these things. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. The Holy Spirit is saying, I don't want you to do that. I want you to be friendly. I want you to be complimentary. I want you to be accepting, applauding. I want you to be laudatory. I want you, I want you to be respectful, adoring. I want you to worship. I want you to be uh, clear. I want you to be self-confident. I want you to be unwavering. I want you to be decisive, self-assured, right? This is what the Holy Spirit wants. But you're not, instead of you knowing what the Holy Spirit wants, you're doing the exact, exact opposite. So instead of having, having confidence, now you got low self-esteem. Instead of you praying for people, now you gossiping. Instead of you being happy for another person, now you envying and now you coveting after what they have. Instead of you supporting individuals, now you slandering them. How do that work? That don't work. But you want access to the Holy Spirit. You Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to thrive inside of you? So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians 4 and chapter 30 and 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness 
rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Remember that you are influenced. We all are innately similar, but we are different. You are distinct. Your fingerprints make you different. God has gifted you with the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You think that the Holy Spirit is going to stay present inside of you if you are grieving the Holy Spirit? No. Then the, the Holy Spirit will not stay inside of you. But the Holy Spirit will still work in the lives of other people that are around you. So you what do you think happens? The Holy Spirit will come and speak to you through your experiences. The Holy Spirit will plant seeds in your life. The Holy Spirit will water seeds in your life and grow them. God uses people to speak things to you and speak life to you and speak encouragement to you. So that so that you will not be defeated. God wants you to be confident. He wants you to be, uh, you know, God wants you to just be uncontested. Uncontested in this world. Because you are the light of the world. So why, why do you need to constantly do things? And now that the Holy Spirit, instead of the Holy Spirit using you, the Holy Spirit got to use other people to speak to you. Because why people are still on infant formula milk infant milk when at that level of understanding god you can't serve sin and god you can't satisfy the desires of your flesh and live for god you can't you can't submit to your flesh and live for god you have to choose one which one do you choose heaven or hell Which one do you choose? So in order to overcome the flesh, do not be an instrument that can be used to advance the kingdom of Satan. If you serve sin, you serve Satan. Are we all going to fail? All have fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean to you? What does the scripture mean to you? Let's look at that scripture. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean to you? We all going to fail. That's what it means to me. So when you sin, repent. You're going to sin every single day. Consciously and unconsciously, you're going to sin. You sin just from having a thought. Oh, God, I just had a bad thought about that person. Forgive me of my thoughts, Lord Jesus. I take my thoughts into captivity for anything that would exalt itself above your knowledge, God. And I make my thoughts obedient to Christ right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Your thoughts, your mind. Now, are you going to have this all the time? No. 
your flesh is always going to be at war with the spirit of God. But it's your will that influences your desires. Your desires influences your will. Your interests influences your will. What are you interested in? What are you desiring in your heart? What are you reflecting on? Your reflection influences your purpose, your will. So if your will isn't for the will of God, if your purpose isn't for the purpose of God, then it's in contrary to what, what God wants for you. So, Romans 3 and 23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, when you are gifted with the Holy Spirit and you have the gifts of the Spirit, you're not going to continue to sin. But that's because you're going to resist it. You have to understand what the Word of God is saying, okay? So let me go to this scripture. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father which in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. Perfect in the Greek means to be mature in nature and in act. To be mature. So when you're perfect, you're mature. Because that's what it means. So let's look at the Sean's Concordance. I do this. It seemed like I um look the word perfect up. Every month. Okay. So we're going to go to Matthew. Should be probably on page four. Probably three. Check three. gonna look at matthew 5 and 48 you see so when you're searching the uh strong's concordance please also make sure you you're looking it up from the king james version um that's the the king james bible is the one that is closely aligned with the strong's concordance and so the bible is written in two different um two different testaments right the old testament and the new testament the old testament is the hebrew um scrolls which is uh, comprised of the law. Uh, and um, that's the first five chapters in the Bible, um, which is Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then you have the New Testament and um, that is written in Greek. All right. And so 
the Strong's is going to interpret it from the Hebrew scrolls um, and also, which is in the Old Testament and also in the Greek, which is in the New Testament. So this uh, actual scripture, Matthew 5, 48, is written in Greek. And so um, it says, be therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. So this is Strong's number 5046. Um, it says, it is... Strong's number 5046, which is pronounced Tilios. It is derived from Strong's number 5056. It means complete and various application of labor, growth, mental and moral character. All right. Completeness. Full age. Man. Perfect. Do you understand? So this means grow. Mature, that's what it means. So if you break the words down even further, you're going to get to what mature is or mature. Like my mom, she say, don't say mature. It's mature. Okay, it's mature. So um, be therefore perfect. Perfect in uh, the Greek, which is teleos, and it means to grow, right? To be growth, full age, um, man, perfect mental and moral character so you're going to be complete when you understand who god is you're not going to keep keep on doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again but all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but when you look at this scripture matthew 5 and 48 god wants you to be perfect and when you're reading this and you say god wants you to be perfect what do God mean when he say perfect? Well, you got to understand how the Bible was written. The Bible was not written in Greek and English. It, the Bible was written in Hebrew and in Greek. Okay. The Bible was hidden in Hebrew scrolls in the, in the Old Testament and in Greek in the New Testament. All right. So that's that. The Bible was not written in uh, originally written in English. It's interpreted through the Hebrew scrolls and interpreted to English. It is also interpreted from the Greek into English. So Matthew 5 and 48, if you were to read this, it says, be ye therefore mature. Perfect is mature. Be ye therefore growth. Be ye therefore able to grow. Uh, able to be complete right so you should be able to grow you should be complete you should be mature that's what perfect means so you're going to sin every day but when you do you make sure you resist you because just the thought of just having a thought of, of uh something bad that that's your flesh your flesh makes you Filled with sin. Your flesh has been condemned. The only way for you to surpass the carnal mind is to be led by the Spirit of God. So how long are you going to make God wait? We have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because your flesh has been condemned.
So you living with this flesh every day of your life. Your flesh ain't going nowhere unless you resist what the flesh wants. The only way you can resist what the flesh wants is being led by the Holy Spirit. So be therefore perfect. That is mature, complete, full age, grown. That is what it means in Greek. Tilios. Tilios. Strong's number 5046. Okay? So understand that God wants us to be perfect. But don't get confused by what perfect means. You need to study to show thyself approved. Understand what the word of God is saying here. But instead of you wanting to understand what the word of God is saying, you're indulging on your flesh. You would rather scroll through Facebook, scroll through Instagram, watch Netflix and primetime TV or Amazon Prime. What some people call it primetime. So you rather watch all of these things rather than focus on what God is saying in his word. God wants us to be led by his spirit. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. And so today I was sitting there and I was just looking out the car. I was sitting in the car and I was just sitting here looking out the window. And I'm thinking, I'm pondering on God. I'm sitting here and, and I'm like, God, there is so much good in people. The good is from God. So your good thoughts, that's God. The good experience, that's God. Even the, the bad experiences, that's God is delivering you out of. So when you look at all of this suffering, all of this persecution, don't feel overwhelmed. Because guess what? That means that it's a greater purpose out there. God has something better for you. Just wait. So I want to go to um, back to this part. So in order to overcome the flesh, do not be an instrument that can be used to advance the kingdom of Satan. If you serve sin, you serve Satan. Your battle isn't with people. Your battle is with Satan behind them. So the, the enemy know the weakness because guess what? They, that's the only way that the enemy can get to you is when you are led by your flesh. When you are being led by your flesh, you are giving in to your flesh. Yo, yo, when I say flesh, I'm saying you giving in to your desires. You giving in to the problematic things. You giving in, getting into it, and giving in to the things that are uncertain. You are giving into things that are uh, contested, disputed. You know, you're giving in, giving in to things that are traducing, that are maligning, that are scandalous, that are foul, gross. You're giving in to all of these things, vilifying things, right? 
contemptuous things. All of these things are bad. Negative. Invective things. You're giving in to these things. You're giving in to abuse. You're giving in to insults. You're giving in to that, right? When, when you go through that, God wants you to come out of it. But God wants to him to be God wants to be glorified once you come out. Because he's going to give you all of the steps, all of the the God is going to lead you on what to do next in your life. Because when you give in to all of those things and you're not being led by God to get out, you're going to stay stuck there. Because the enemy is there in the flesh. God is there in the spirit. So you have to allow the spirit of God to be a, a leading force in your life that drives you out, that drives you out of those things. So yes, even though you gave into these insults, God led you out. Even though you endured this abuse, but God led you out. Even though you experienced all of this foulness, God led you out. Even though you experienced vilifying things, God led you out. Even though you gave in to the things that was evil, God led you out. See, even though you were outraged by some of the stuff that you experienced, God still led you out. Even though you people were scandalous in your life, God led you out. God leads you out of malicious things. God lead you out. It's to glorify God. It is meant to glorify God. If you stay in the situation, you're going to stay stuck. Meaning that your battle isn't with people. Your battle is with Satan that is behind those people. Don't you want to get out? It's time to get out. Say, I'm getting out today. I'm getting out from this bad experience. I am getting out from this vilifying thing. I'm getting out. I rebuke everything that is not of God in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. God, remove all the people out of my life that didn't, does not belong there, God. Reveal all the people in my life that does not belong in my life, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. So this is what you have to pray. You, you have to understand this is not a physical war. It is a spiritual war. So instead, we should you should be an instrument that is used by God to allow the Holy Spirit to give you peace and life. So Romans 6 and 13, it says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So that is what God wants us to be, an instrument of righteousness, not an instrument of wickedness. You can see right here in this photo, the enemy is using this person. The enemy will use people. Ask God to reveal their motives in your life. Ask God to reveal the truth. So women's health is always inspired 
by physicians that influence the decisions for women to stay healthy. The Holy Spirit should empower and lead the approach to women's health. Women, we are always reproducing, right? And so if you find yourself rebelling against God's commands for any reason, you want to go back to the throne of God. I don't care if you had a hysterectomy. If I had a I had a hysterectomy. And that photo that I have a photo up here that I am going to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. Um, but we have to all make sure that we are being we are being obedient with God's commands. Wherever God is leading you, allow him to lead you there. Embrace that suffering that God is allowing you to go through because on the other side, it's a better life. Whatever whatever you're going through, God allows it to happen. And you have to say, well, God, what are you showing me in this situation? God, show me what you're trying to show me in this situation. What do I need to learn from this experience? What do I need to learn from this? God, show me, God. Show me what I need to learn from all of my experiences, God. Show me what I need to learn in this situation. Show me what I need to learn in that situation, God. Show me. Reveal to me what I need to learn. Because God ultimately wants you to learn. So to the people that uh, if you find yourself rebelling against God's commands, similarly to the people that are following this world, choosing their flesh instead of God, like we all once did, you will need to crowd to God and change your life. We all once have, have did this. We all have disobeyed God. Every single person. All have sinned. Sin is falling short. We all have fallen short. So can you be perfect? Yes, you can be perfect. According to what the word of God says, perfect means to be mature. So are you going to be mature today? Are you choosing God today? Or do you still need to be taught what not to do to, that is grieving the Holy Spirit? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't do things that are scornful. Don't do things that are dirty. Don't do things that are vulgar. Don't do things that are, you know, foul mouth. Don't do those things. Don't do things that are unrestrained. If you find yourself giving in to the flesh more than you give in to God, it's time to reevaluate. You have to control yourself right then and there. You got to talk to God. God, take this away from me now. I don't want my flesh deciding for me i don't need my flesh influencing me because your, your flesh is always at war with the holy spirit of god so there are people that are living in darkness and have the symptoms of bitterness however when a person cries out to god he saves them pay attention to verse Psalm, uh, what Psalm, uh, 
not verse. I meant to say, pay attention to Psalm 107, verse 13 below. Even when we don't deserve it, God makes us important to him to deserve. After all that disobedience, rebellion, and stumbling in life, God still saves us from distress. So Psalm 107, 10 through 16, some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. You see that? Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Amen. So God is good to us. See that? God is good. God is indubitable. God is indubitable because he can never be challenged or proved wrong. God does not want people to worship temples that are made by humans. It is a foolish ideology to believe that a statue that is made by human hands will be filled with the power of God. So if your mind will allow you to disagree with the word of God, you can and will be deceived in other areas of your life. So if you're if you're being deceived by being bitter, you're going to be deceived and, and probably think it's okay to have a foul mouth. You're going to think it's okay to be scornful. You're going to think it's okay to be scandalous because you you deceived. You deceived that you're not living at your fullest potential. That is not living at your fullest potential. Believe me, God wants us at our full potential. So let me go ahead and um end there for tonight. And I know that I was supposed to play the video. I will play the video tomorrow. Hopefully I can get around to doing that. I was I stopped at 7 minutes and 21 seconds on um on Friday. So I will play the video tomorrow and I'll be able to do some commentating on that. But I just really wanted to get into the word today. Just just to talk about how, you know, marvelous and brilliant God is in our lives. Okay. It's so important for us to, you know, embrace what God has for us. We need to embrace the plan of God. We need to em embrace God's purpose and just allow him to come into our lives and into our hearts so that we know how you don't have to worry about nothing. God does not want you worrying. God does not want you stressed out. You know, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. That's what God wants. So when you set a goal and it's aligned with God, make sure you stick to it. Stick to the plans that God have for you. Right in that moment when you're going through that experience. Yes, do I have negative thoughts? Yes, I do sometimes. It depends on who I'm around and what they saying to me. It's like, oh, wait, wait, wait what? Oh, 
Lord Jesus, God, I take my thoughts into captivity for anything that would exalt itself above your knowledge, God. And I make my thoughts obedient to Christ in Jesus' name. Sometimes, sometimes you got to say it in your head. And just say it. To you. you know, you got to say it. So th that's what we have to do. All right. So let me go ahead and pray. All right. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much that you have given us the opportunity to choose you. It's an opportunity to serve you, God. It's an opportunity to understand you. It's an opportunity, God, because you are so powerful. You're omnipotent. You're omnipresent, God. And, and so you omnipot not, you're omnipotent, God. And we appreciate everything that you've done, God. Everything that you're going to do. Even the things that we do not even know that you have done on our behalf so we ask that you keep us ten thousand steps ahead of every situation and circumstance in the name of jesus christ we cancel every satanic tongue spoken against us right now in the name of jesus christ and we redeem your assignment upon our life upon our steps from our generation to generation to generation from our bloodline to bloodline to bloodline to bloodline god we thank you right now that your assignment is being redeemed we thank god that your love is being redeemed in our life life god we thank you god that we accept you god we thank you lord for your the desires being filled in our hearts god we thank you god that we are attached to your holy spirit we are attached to your plan we are attached to your purpose god we thank you that our bloodline our children's children's children is blessed god we thank you for blessings we thank you for your love we thank you for your grace god we thank you that we choose you god so we plead the blood of jesus over our choices god we plead the blood of jesus over our inspiration and desires and interests god we plead the blood of jesus over them so that we are aligned and attached to you god we are we attach ourselves to you in the name of jesus christ we attach ourselves to every seed of blessing that you have for us god we attach everything that you have watered in our lives god we want it god we desire you we thank you god most importantly, Lord, we just ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining me. Um, please remember to uh, share, 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 and share. If you needed to do community service, go ahead and send me an email. I will be sure to respond to you um, and send you an application. Um, I do need some uh, help. All right. And if you wanted to become an intern, send me an email. If you needed prayer or anything, send me an email. And if you also wanted to interested in becoming an author, please send me an email at loveslifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. Um, I will see you all tomorrow. You all have a good night. Thank you.